This season of The Wedding Digest is brought to you by Wedbooker, the only place to find and book your dream wedding venue and suppliers online. Go to wedbooker.com. Hi guys, after a short break, we are back and I'm pretty happy about it too, actually. I've actually missed our weekly pods. I know we've been talking, but it's a bit different when we're not talking on the Wedding Digest, Ali. Yeah, I know. I've missed just chatting on here with you as well. It's so fun to talk all things wedding every week. I'm so glad to be back. And in fact, we have been preparing a mini series for you guys in the lead up to the festive season. Yeah, this one is so fun. And in this episode, we'll be focusing on wedding hacks for planning your wedding, especially Especially now that the borders are opening and restrictions are starting to ease, I know there are so many couples who are now wanting to start that wedding planning process again for their big day. I know. I love that momentum is starting to build again and we're all talking about weddings and attending weddings and it's getting exciting. I love it. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. But the problem is, of course, it's hindsight. So knowledge we gain after the event has happened, not so helpful after you've already spent tens of thousands of dollars on your wedding days. So we decided for this episode that we will share all the tips and advice couples wish they knew before they tie the knot. And of course, that advice comes from our very own wedding planner, Ali, so that when you guys reflect on your big day, you have no regrets. And like I've kept it simple. I have 11 tips I swear by, and I know that sounds funny, but it should be 10. There is one that you just can't, <laughs> we can't miss. So there is 11. And I studied <laughs> with all of my couples when they start their wedding planning journeys. So I'm so excited to share them with all of our listeners today too. All right, well, let's get into it. Okay, Ali, so what's the very first thing couples should do when starting their wedding planning journey? And I mean, I think I've said this before, but the first thing you should do is write yourself a realistic budget, the keyword being realistic. And don't just guess, weddings so often cost more than what we assume. So actually collate a few quotes and then find an average cost for some of those bigger ticket items. Then tick off those big things first. This will then give you a really clear understanding of what's left to spend with those smaller things. So think venue, transport, flowers, entertainment, and of course, the dress as the things Mm. that are probably going to cost you a little bit more. Once you have firm costs on them, then start thinking about the little things. So signage and table settings and styling, which is always a really nice thing to have to spend budget on. But if you haven't ticked the big things off yet, and you start going down the the whole path of a beautiful table setting and you end up spending way more than what you actually have for that, you'll then find yourself in a dress shop with just not enough budget to buy that dream dress that you really want. Yeah, I love this tip so much. And if you're nervous about staring at a blank Excel sheet, you actually have your very own curated budget checklist uh, that anyone can access on Wedbooker. Yeah, I do. So if you head to the Wedbooker page and go to the tools section, you'll find a budget template in there that you can pull um, and have access to. And it'll give you line items of everything you need to consider for your wedding. And then you can sort of make it customized to yourself, or you can book a call with me and we can sit down and actually go through what things might cost for you to give you an idea of what that realistic budget is going to be for your big day. Okay. So I know I was guilty of getting lost in Instagram and also on Pinterest. um, And you kind of like have all these grand ideas of what your dream wedding looks like, but how do you avoid wanting absolutely everything? Because again, Mm. you've got to come back to your budget, right? 
Yeah, and I mean, the way I always put this to my couples is you don't need the gold cutlery. No one is going to notice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't get carried away with that wedding Pinterest board. It's so easy to lose sight of the day and get caught up in spending money on things that just really don't actually matter and that people just won't notice. If your venue already has really nice cutlery and it's included in their venue hire, then do you really want to spend an additional $500 or $800 on hiring in gold cutlery just because it's gold so it matches that Pinterest board image? Maybe you do and that's really important to you and you have the budget, then totally fine, go for it. But mm-hmm. if you don't want to be spending money on those lavish sort of things, just try and bring yourself back to the basics and remember what your big day is about and what you have that you can already use that isn't going to come in at this additional cost. Okay. So what's your tip for wedding dress shopping? Mm, This is one that everyone sort of forgets to ask. And I always throw it into my couples because even though a planner is not involved in any way in you helping you choose your dream dress, it's something that you want to make sure you consider. And I always suggest only going to bridal shops that have dresses you love. So obviously pick shops that have the styles you like, whether that be lace or crystal or simple or extravagant, Um, but then also ones that have dresses that are within your budget. So you can email um, different wedding boutiques and say, you know, what is the average price of your dresses or what is the range of prices of your dresses? If, If your budget fits in with that, then go and have a look and try on the dresses. If it doesn't, there's no point in going. There's absolutely no reason you need to try on a $20,000 dress if you have a budget of, you know, ten or $12,000. You will mm. fall in love with that dress and you will yeah. be heartbroken and you will constantly be going back in your head to that amazing $20,000 dress you couldn't afford. Um, and I yeah. don't know if it actually is any better, but it seems to be that whole thing about what we want, what we can't have. Um, so do yeah. tell the shop assistant what your budget is and what styles you love and let them help you pick the right dress as well and make sure they only pick things that are within your budget or maybe just a tiny bit over. And also don't forget your shoes. You need to add them into the dress budget too. You can mm-hmm. find something incredible for one or 2000 You can find something incredible within your budget. There's definitely. definitely so many options out there. There are so many bridal boutiques and it's just a matter of, um, giving it a Google, jump onto Wedbooker. Um, you can even buy secondhand dresses right now. And before you roll your eyes at me for saying that, people have only worn these once and you can just take them to an amazing tailor and have them custom fit to you. So if you go into a, a boutique and you love a dress, if you're happy to go for something secondhand, even pop onto one of those websites, see if that dress is available in your size and you might even save you know, we'll buy it for half the price. So definitely worth doing your research. So what about when it comes to your venue? What's something you need to keep in mind or your mm. top tip when mm. before landing on your dream venue? Yeah, and look, this is a tip that I give um, couples, whether they've already booked their venue or whether they're looking for a venue, and that is just check your venue contract. So the contract, and I think I've, I've probably said this so many times over the course of the podcast, but it is really so important. So before you sign, make sure you read what is included. Um, make sure that you know if you've got tables and chairs and um, what the minimum spends are, how much do you need to spend on food and drinks to actually be there in the day, um, and then what the space actually has the capacity to do for you. So if you go over, say, 150 people, is that going to make the dance hall really tight and squishy and uncomfortable? So going there and getting comfortable with the space and being really across what you have and what you don't and what might cost you more and what's going to make your dream day perfect is so important rather than just 
finding a venue you like, signing a contract and then not worrying about it until, you know, three weeks out from the event and just assuming that the venue has tables, chairs, gold cutlery um, and a perfect dance floor for you, you really need to make sure that you read those contracts and chat to your venue. Okay. That's awesome, Tiff, as well. Now, we also have spoken about the guest list on previous episodes of the podcast. What is your top tip here? Mm, This is always so tricky, but it's always to um, keep your guest list to the people you truly love. Now, I don't want to sound cutthroat, but you don't want drama on your big Oh, you have to be cutthroat. You do. do. And it's, I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight or someone who's not there trying to write the guest list, but it's just, it can be so hard, but it is your wedding day and you just don't need that one fringe friend that we always have that ends up causing drama between your whole group on the day and sort of dividing everyone or someone ends up in tears or someone's upset at someone or, you know, you don't need that on your wedding day. You also don't need your friend's boyfriend that just seems to drink too much and take his shirt off and make a fool of himself. Like when you're doing your guest list, just try and reduce any drama and just think about when you walk in there or walk down the aisle or walk into your venue, who are you going to look at and smile and go, wow, I'm so glad you're here. And I think I've said it before, if you're in photos or you see them in photos, are you going to be happy to see them in the photos? Or are you going to go, oh, that would be a great photo if person X wasn't in it or if person X wasn't in the background. If you don't want them in your wedding photos or you wouldn't love a wedding photo with them in it, you might need to reconsider if they're on the guest list or not. Oh, it is such a tough one, but I do love that advice. Just keep it simple. Now, how important is having a honeymoon straight after the wedding? I know you've definitely got some advice on this one. Mm, I mean, I'm a a big one for this. And I think book a honeymoon straight after the wedding or even a mini moon. And you're not going to appreciate that until you do it. But the day after your wedding day, you are just in such a love bubble. It's something you don't want to miss out on. Even if you if you have your honeymoon booked for three or four months away or if, you know, you're not booking a honeymoon right now because all the borders are closed and you're not sure when you can go back overseas, at least book a mini moon. Book a little trip, whether it be you drive up the coast two hours together or you just book an Airbnb, you know, an hour down the road or, you know, you're going to state. But just go somewhere together. It doesn't have to be lavish. Just the two of you, ideally the day or the the second day after your wedding, to to be in that bubble of love. It's just you can't explain it until you've been there, but just trust me and take a mini moon straight after your wedding. You will love it. Yeah, totally. There's nothing worse than having to go back to reality or go back to work one or two days after your wedding. There's nothing like that says come crashing back down to earth and turning up on Monday at work (laughs) when all you want to do is like relish in all the love. Just stay in your bubble. So, yeah, take it. Take a few days and just like live in there. Um, Yeah, I love that. All right. So from your experience, what is one supplier, if we had to narrow it down to one, that many couples have chosen to forego and then regretted it later? Mm. It's it's probably the videographer, right? So I think so many people. That is up. me. That <laughs> is me. I totally regret not having the videographer. Yeah. I mean, you can, you probably are the best example of this is to, you know, you toss up, everyone gets a photographer because you want to have the, the photos and you're going to cherish those photos forever. And people go, oh, you know, do I need to spend the extra couple hundred or a couple of thousand dollars on booking a video- videographer? Am I really going to watch it that much? Is it really going to be worth it? And so many of us turn around and go, you know what? I don't need that. Um, if it's not in your budget and it's just not something you can stretch out to to have, then I would say book a photographer over a videographer. But if you do or you can find the budget to have the videographer there, it is so worth it. I have never heard a couple say, 
gosh, we really didn't need that videographer or we hate our wedding video or we'll never watch it again. The wedding video is something you will watch year on year and it actually shows you parts of your day that you might have missed. It might be your dad Mm. dancing with your bestie on the dance floor or, you know, your friends all having drinks while you're off having photos. So if it fits, book the videographer. Yeah, totally. Book the videographer over the gold cutlery. That would be my advice. (laughs) (laughs) Now, speaking of photographer, obviously this is a must-have. Everyone has to have a photographer to capture those moments. But but how do you know you have the right one? Mm, So photos are definitely something that you're going to be looking back on, you know, as soon as you get them, then the next year and 10 years and even 50 years down the track. So you do want to make sure you choose the right photographer and they're briefed properly. So pick a photographer Mm. that you like the style of the photos of. So many of them are on, on Instagram now. So scrolling through their Instagram board, popping on their website and having a look at the um, weddings I've done in the past. Make sure you like the lighting that they do, the angles that they take, whether they take more natural photos or more posed photos. Um, Are they used to taking photos in venues such as yours? You know, are you doing a beach wedding and you're booking a photographer that doesn't seem to have done anything on the beach before? So finding that right photographer for you and making sure that they're fully briefed to get all the shots that you absolutely cherish is so important because these photos are going to be with you well after the wedding day. Yeah. And you're going to be the biggest critique of them as well. That's for sure. Definitely. Okay. So I think that's about eight tips now, all really, really good. Um, What is something else that you would say is a non-negotiable? Definitely to delegate. Now, this is your wedding day. You should be able to relax and enjoy it, not only on the actual day, but in the lead up to. I think delegating Mm. different tasks, whether that be, you know, transport or helping to organize your suppliers to your friends or your family. I mean, they're probably all sitting there saying, what can I help with and how can I help? Give them a real task and take something off your plate so you can relax or book a planner so that you can really focus on being the bride for the day and sipping the champagne. And look, remember, a planner isn't just for big, extravagant, you know, crazy weddings. A planner is there to help manage the stress and to make sure that you find the best suppliers. So, And most of them do have packages to suit every wedding, you know, big or small and every budget. And then don't leave booking the planner to the very last minute. If you think you might need one um, or you can afford to have one, you're better off bringing one on board sooner rather than later just to save you all that unnecessary stress. Okay. And I know this tip is something that you are extremely passionate about and is probably, would you say, one of your top tips out of all of the advice you've given? And this is why I've got to have 11, not 10. So sorry, it's such a strange number. And look, this might sound strange coming from a wedding planner because people often think that wedding planners want you to, you know, spend big and go big so that they can do everything lush and lavish for you. But but we don't. We want you guys to have the best possible day within your budget and to be able to enjoy it for years and years to come. So this one is your house deposit isn't worth your wedding. And honestly, just trust me on that. Like spend within your means. Um, And I know right now it feels like your whole world. Um, And this wedding is just absolutely everything. And it is, it's really important, but you've got to remember that you're, you're still going to be together in three months time, you know, in six months time, in 12 months time, in 20 years, 30 years time. So if you splash out big, don't forget about the rest of your life. Um, It should still be your dream wedding, but still spend within your means. Like tough, it's really, really, really tough love, but just don't lose sight of that. Um, 
and make sure that you're not eating into savings that you didn't want to eat into for your wedding. And that probably comes back to tip number one, where you have a really realistic budget so you know how much you're spending and then sticking in with it. And as I said, don't go for the gold cutlery if it doesn't fit. You know, book the videographer if you can, but if it doesn't, don't do it. And just really keep a sight of your wedding day and then your life after your wedding day as well. And I think it's the number one regret you hear from brides post their wedding who have overspent. You know, they're now possibly resaving for a house deposit or they're resaving for something else because they maybe spent a little bit too much on their wedding. And most of them will say, oh, I just wish I'd pulled back a little bit so that, you know, I didn't eat so much into my savings. So listen to that advice now when you are planning and just be smart. It doesn't mean you need to have be cutting corners or it doesn't mean you can't have your dream day. It's just being smart about it and finding the right suppliers. That is such a good reminder. Okay, <laughs> let's get to your bonus tip then tip 11 Mm. so this one is to take a moment for yourself and you've probably heard almost every bride give you the same advice and there is a reason for it it's because taking that moment for yourself and your partner around all the photos and the conversations and the dance floor it's just so important I mean after all this day is about the two of you and just sitting down quietly and having a simple conversation and and sharing that loving moment together just to say, wow, how amazing has this day been? Or, you know, how beautiful did you look when you walked down the aisle? And, oh my gosh, did you notice the flowers? They look phenomenal. Or have you seen, uh, you know, Auntie Jo, she just looks so beautiful. And just really cherishing that time together to reflect on the day and come back and then go back out again and keep partying. Totally. And it just makes you feel present in that moment when you take that you know, time away together. and Yeah, and I think it just gives you the moment to reflect. Otherwise, the whole day, it just goes so quickly. You just don't, you don't oh, even know how you're at the end of the day already and you just haven't had a breath, let alone something to eat and hopefully you've had a drink, but it just, it really does fly by. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned before with tip number 10, which was a couple's biggest regret in mm. hindsight. So do you have a list of um, what your other previous couples have said about things that they wish they knew before they tied the knot? Yeah. So we actually, I spoke to um, five of my couples just before we jumped onto the pod, just to say, Hey guys, in hindsight, what do you wish you could have told yourself? If we could go back in time before your wedding day, what do you wish you'd sort of said to yourself? Let's, you know, that's not worth it. And there are a few really great ones in here and some of them are a bit repetitive, but that really sort of stands at home. It's definitely give yourself, give your photographer a list of key people to ensure that they capture them on the day. So really brief your photographer, don't send them in blind. They don't know who your aunties are and who your loved ones are or who your best friends are. So really tell them who they are. Get the help you need and don't be afraid to ask people to help you. Um, and then definitely try and get someone to manage all of the transport for you as well. Transport is something that can just end up being a logistical nightmare. And this actually came back from three out of the five brides that said, yeah, you get someone else to do the transport. You don't need someone calling you the day before the wedding saying, hey, I'm not going to make make it to that bus pickup time by this time, what should I do? Give that job to someone Oh, else. my God, no. Let them yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> that same one came up of make sure you take moments throughout the day with just your partner, which is always a key one. Then the yeah. last two here I have is to book a wedding planner. 
Um, a few of them were saying it's not just for those big extravagant weddings, as we mentioned, um, and that you, if you are working really hard and if you're working full time and or you haven't planned anything like this in the past, it could be a little bit more challenging than you think. So if you're tossing up booking a planner or not, have a chat to someone and maybe consider booking them in and then prepare a budget. You know what? On that one, sorry, Ali, yeah. um, that actually was one of the number one tips for, from so many of our guests that we have had on the Wedding Digest podcast from Talia Jamelli, Nadia Fairfax, um, mm-hmm. Elle Ferguson, like so many of our podcast guests said what they would recommend to other brides is book a wedding planner. Yeah. Because and I mean, unless you're an event planner or you do something like this for a living, it is so overwhelming and so uh, it can you can feel so out of your comfort zone that it just takes so much stress away when you actually have mm-hmm. someone who does it for a living who can help you out where you need help. Yeah, and I mean, all of these amazing guests we've had on, they all attend so many amazing events week on week. So you think if anyone could do it, it would be them. And when they're even saying, hire some help, get an expert in, they appreciate the value of it and they see why it's necessary. And as I said to you before, a wedding planner isn't always really expensive. Most of them will have you know, different plans or budgets or costs or quotes and things they can send to you to fit within your wedding, whether that be 10 people or, you know, 300 people or whether your budget be, you know, $1,000 or $20,000, that the wedding planner will make it work for you um, depending on how much help you need from them. Yeah, exactly. And then the last tip that they had, and this one seems to come back around all the time, is to make sure you prepare a budget. And then one of them actually said, and I love this, to add 20% to the top of that just to make sure you're comfortable <laughs> because we all think the budget does blow out. <laughs> yeah, that is so, so true. Amazing, Ali. All your tips are so incredible and it's handy having those um, other tips from couples who are happy to share what they wish they knew before they tied the knot as well. So hopefully that has helped our couples listening who have just started on their wedding planning journey and of course don't worry guys I know there's a lot to take in there so what we're going to do is we're going to put all of Ali's top tips in a blog post and we're going to post it on our Wedbooker uh, website so you can find everything there and go back and refer um, to everything in detail. Are you looking for your wedding venue and suppliers? Do you want to have all your wedmen in one place? Need some convenient support from Ali, our wedding planning expert? Well, Wedbooker is your go-to, the only place to plan and book your wedding online. Visit wedbooker.com. Well, I hope you guys found this episode of the Wedding Digest helpful and were able to take some notes and that helps with your wedding planning. As we said at the start of this episode, we are just going to be rolling out a mini series uh, in the lead up to Christmas. So keep an ear out. We'll be back every week for the next few weeks and then we will have another short break over Chrissy. But in the meantime, we have plenty of good stuff coming your way. Yeah. And as always, you can find me and all of my tips on wedbooker.com or you can reach me on Instagram at Wedbooker. You can send me a DM with any of the questions you have and I will come back to you. And we'll also, as Lou said, we'll be back in your ears next week with another really exciting episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Wedding Digest. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And if you love what you hear, feel free to leave us a review. If you want to find out more about any of our featured guests or suppliers mentioned, just head to wedbooker.com. You'll find a detailed blog post on each episode.